What's up? What's happening? What it do? Welcome to book one of No Ceilings All Sky, the podcast where we have uh, conversations that spark change. So um, I'm George, your host, the the guy who's just going to be trying to spark some change in your life. And I'm here today with my lovely, amazing fiance, LaCora. Say what up to the people. What up to the people? So um, episode one, book one, chapter one, it's kind of been like a bit of a journey to get here. Um, for those of you following me before, you remember me from the Soul Boxing Show where we kind of talked about a little of everything. And this one, we went a little more dialed in. Um, we want to take some very, very highly spiritual things and break them down to a level that is everyday conversation that you will have amongst yourselves. And it's just us talking. So, you know, it's just us. We don't tell nobody. Okay, tell everybody, but don't <laughs> tell nobody. But it's just us talking, you know. Talking. And we just gonna um, we're gonna throw something out there. We're gonna kind of roll with it a little bit and, and see what happens. Um, the goal right now is to bring you a new episode every two weeks to give you time to kind of think about what we talked about last time, and then to just come back to another conversation. And we're gonna try to have different people involved, different voices, different life experiences, but they all can come from biblical matters. And things that you can kind of take to your regular everyday life and actually apply. That's what's up. So um, today, episode one, book episode one. one. Thank you for letting me uh, hang out with you, though, because, you know, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to, here you know, with you. to be here with me and to let me be a part of your podcast. Because yeah. you forgot to add that I am your number one cheerleader. You, well, you are my okay. number one cheerleader. Don't forget that. You're in the back, you, 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 you ain't even in the background. You're just in the foreground like, let's go. <laughs> so, uh, LaCora is um, amazing. So, she definitely has a heart that is after God. And so, okay. one thing I always tell her is that, like, I know I could love her because I could. she could never love me <laughs> as much as she loves God. Oh, okay. I am. I am, like, second to him and I'm sure. good. <laughs> like I'm I mean, good you with know, that. If you're gonna be second to somebody, that would be <laughs> yeah. you know. I don't even want to hey, be number one. You're second to the mailman. That's like, not what you want to hear. Nah. So God will, can rightfully take yeah, first seat. I, I definitely don't want to be number one in that <laughs> one. So today, um, you um, know, we've been having this conversation privately of all these different topics that yeah. was in my head, and so today I want to kind of start at a great starting point, and I think I wanted to go with. Obedience is God's GPS system. Okay. So I think a lot of times for us, you know, like we struggle with obedience because God's GPS system doesn't give us any direction Mm -hmm. (laughs) besides be obedient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we want all the directions, you know, so coordinates. If I wanted to come like to if I wanted to go to like Potomac Mills Mall, I would go on my GPS, I'll put in Potomac Mills, and Siri and all her greatness would be like Go 95, yep. then take this right, then turn yep. left, then you're in Tell the parking lot. how line. many miles it's going to take to get you there. How how uh, how many miles, how many minutes, hours, or whatever to get to the location. So you have exact understanding that if this is the journey I'm on, this is what I need to prepare for. <laughs> so do I need gas? How long? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so that's, that's the... That is the physical, logical GPS we're used to. Correct. We're used to, like, if we're going somewhere, we know where we're going. Yep. We kind of got a time frame we're going to get there. And that GPS system will reroute us around obstacles that may come our way. 
So it's funny when I was like getting here, I was thinking about how Abraham had the only GPS coordinate he was given was walk. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. like God is like, yo, Abraham. He's like, yes, Lord. It's like, yeah, man, I want you to leave your family, pack up all your stuff and walk that way. Yeah, yeah. Take Go to the land that I'm going to send you to. But that don't say where that land is. He didn't say where. And so this man just got up, packed his stuff, and headed out. And I'm like, God really works on incomplete instruction. Yeah. Like, he works on incomplete instruction. So how do you feel about incomplete (laughs) instruction? I think you're laughing because that's the indication of how I feel about incomplete instruction. But um, I think when I first hear that, I think what kind of faith, like crazy faith and crazy trust it takes to hear, I'm going to take you somewhere, but I'm not going to tell you where. I'm just going to take you where I'm going. So, hey, get up and go. Um, for me, that is prob- that's 100% a struggle because I'm going to be like, okay, all right, God, I'm going to go where you want me to go. But where did you say that was again? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, God, I'll do what you want me to do. But can you tell me how long you want me to do it? Can you tell me, um, like, you know, do I do, do I write two songs? Do I write two poems? How many per day? How, you know, well, how much time should I spend in prayer on this, God? So I don't, I think I am in a place in life right now where I'm learning to operate in incomplete instructions. And honestly, it's probably the most uncomfortable space. If I'm really, you know, take the fluff off of it, take the spiritual, oh, hallelujah. Take all of that off. Oh, God is using me. Oh, he's changing me. All of that is true, but what also lives in that space is, uh, God, <laughs> it'd really be nice if I knew what you were trying to get me to learn here. So I think that, I think, all right, so for me, for me, I would say that, like, in my spiritual walk, having information always meant God had to reroute me, mm-hmm. right? So I remember being like a 16-year-old kid sitting in my mom's kitchen on the phone and I'm like seeing like the spirit of like Jesus walk around my mom's kitchen. Wow. I mean like take a lap wow. and walk through me and I'm like, yo. And God you is like, you're supposed time. to be a minister and I'm like, yeah, nah, bro, not me. It's too much fun out here left in the world for me to do. I'm only 16. That I ain't seen yet. I'm like... I'll be right back. Yeah. But the amazing thing about God is that he kept rerouting me back to a path Mm -hmm. that I felt like I didn't want to go down. Mm -hmm. And so when I read the story of Abraham, what I always read is that like, you're right. Faith is like the, if obedience is the GPS system, faith is the software program Mm -hmm. that activates, Mm -hmm. that activates that GPS. Faith is the code that's been written in it. So, like, when I was a kid, people used to be like, the devil is in the details. I never understood it. As I got older, I understand. The devil's going to give you specific directions to get to where you want to get, to get to where he wants to get you. Mm -hmm. The devil be like, I want you to go to the club Friday night. I want you to wear this outfit. I want you to bring this much money. Sorry to all the genius out there. Like, like, I want you to, like, dance on the floor. And he going to give you all the specific details to get to where you want, he wants you to go. Whereas God is not going to tell you not to go. Yeah. But he's going to give you an inkling in your spirit. And you don't know why you got that inkling. Right. You don't know where that inkling came from. But you just sitting there getting dressed and you're like, right. man, my stomach yeah. ache. Or 
my head kind of hurt. Or oh, I don't feel good about about this moment. About this moment. But I will say you you saying that you had this moment at sixteen. I think it's so amazing because I think you got to see something that there are people, and I will say I am the people, you know, that did, we didn't get those revelations at 16. Like I knew who God was and I learned about God as a young, younger person, but I didn't get the revelation of who God was for me or was going to be for me till a little bit later. So what is it then? How do I, if I'm a person who wants to learn about disobedience, but I, I don't I don't know if I know what that feeling in my stomach is. Like, how do I get more in tune with that thing and that revelation that lets me know this is God giving me the information? And te- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would say this. I would say um, any relationship you got to put time into. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that I think the thing that we kind of hit the wall most on especially people who don't consider themselves to be of the hierarchy of believers right when we don't consider ourselves to be ministers mm-hmm, deacons mm-hmm. preachers pastors um whatever church offices <laughs> when, for, for us normal folk uh-huh. for us normal folk who just try to do the right thing attend church and yeah. we still got our we still got our bags we still mm-hmm. got bags that we carry we still mm-hmm. got our world luggage okay right for us we don't really get into the spending time because time is what we view as our commodity. Yeah. Right. And so for what we do is we invest time in places where we can see an immediate return on investment and time with God is not an immediate return on investment type of thing. Gotcha. You're not going to, I'm saying that it can't happen, but in my experience, you're not going to, when I was younger and when I was in my teens, I wasn't going to sit down, read a chapter in Matthew and tomorrow be like, Whoa, yeah, you know, yeah, angels yeah. singing, yeah. I'm floating. Yeah. That wasn't what it was. Um, what it was for me is that I had to, one, understand that spending time with God is not an obligation. It's just like a relationship. You know, I don't spend time with you because I'm obligated to. I spend time with you because I want to. Well, thank you. Right? <laughs> and so we, we get into this habit of, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray at 7 o'clock in the morning yeah. because, like, the Reverend Dr. Deacon so-and-so said yeah, I yeah, should right, pray right. at 7 o'clock every morning. Well, God doesn't want your obligation. He wants your obedience. Gotcha. Right? Okay. And so I think, like, when I went through my transition of... And it took me a long time to get here. It took me, I would say, to, like, my dad passed two years ago to finally accept where I was. So that means in your GPS that he gave you, in the directions he gave you, which weren't much... Which was, this is who you're supposed to be, George, at 16. Yeah. Where you now look now at <laughs> years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I think that's a good point to like for people that I bring years. it up for a reason. Because it's like people will think, oh, he got told this at 16. And oh, and trust me, and if you don't know, you know, I'm, I always call you my husband. I like literally yeah, speak yeah, yeah, the fiance yeah. piece. But um, is my husband is super smart. He's super intelligent. He's super. I mean, I don't. I haven't seen him come across anything that he can't just like literally pull in, absorb, and just spit out in a way that that never ceases to amaze me. So, but even with all of that, that was six, at sixteen. So people have to realize that that GPS moment of I'm taking you somewhere and I'm not telling you the exact location, which means I'm not telling you how long it's going to take to get there. It took you 30 years 
to get to this moment right now. That's so, pretty dope. So what I think is crazy is like God, God to me, he shows you, like think about your favorite movie, right? So think about your favorite movie. You get your favorite movie in your head. Now imagine if you had never seen the movie before. Mm-hmm. You come in and you see the opening credits and then you see the end. Mm-hmm. But you don't know anything in the middle. Right. I think that's how God does. Okay. God takes your beginning. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, I see where you're at. Okay. And then he's like, here's the end of your movie. And you're like, I'm going to be a minister that speaks to millions of people. All right, how am I going to get there? Right. What college Absolutely. I go to? Absolutely. You know, I, I, what, what, what college I go to? Um, yes. who, who I marry? Yes. Yes. Who you supports know, me in this dream? How many kids am I have? What church I got to uh-huh. go to? And God, like, nah, I ain't giving you none of that. Who will pay for the expenses I need? Because what he wants you to do is take one faith step at a time. Right. We want the detail so we can run. Absolutely. You know, we want the details we can run. But if you run, you miss the experience of God. And not only that, if I give you all the details, um, there's something to, like you just said, you miss the things in the middle of that run. Because there's something to every little step that you take. There's something to the trust you build with God, to the relationship that you create with God. And when you're relying on him to get you to that next space, to the humility you develop, you know, like there are so many things that you pick up. It's like, you know, we love watching the naked and afraid and watching them pick up these different items. And they're like, oh, well, I can use this to make a this and then I can get some fish. Like it's something to every part of that, that journey to get you to that end destination. So that's the that's the great part about it. So when you when you get further into the story of Abraham, you find out like God visits Abraham. He's like, hey man, you're gonna have a kid. And Abraham's like, yo, I'm old, my wife older. But yes. he didn't say my wife older, but yeah. he, he was like, yo, she old too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so God's like, yeah, I know, I know all that. Yeah, I know right. the details, but y'all gonna have a kid. Mm-hmm. And now he has to take a faith step. Mm-hmm. Right? But in that moment, he took a logical step because he used the information that he had. And he mm-hmm. was like, all right, God said we're going to have a kid. So look, Sarah. It's the only way this is supposed to work. God said we're going to have I mean, a kid. Sarah laughed about and it. She thought it was funny too. She laughed because she was like, yeah. hey, listen. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Uh, okay. She's like, I'm too old to be running around behind some kids. <laughs> nah, man. We, Sarah like, we in, Sarah was like, yo, we're in vacation life. Yeah, we're supposed to be going yeah. on trips. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, so she's like, look. I ain't bought that life, but yeah. here's my here's my handmaid. Yeah, yeah. Here's my handmaid. Go ahead, yeah. go ahead and do your thing, and she can run around behind the kid. But see, Sarah had a desire. She had a desire, but she didn't have the details. Yeah, yeah. And so what happens is that the reason why we have to have such a relationship that we have to take a face step is because when we don't have the details, mm-hmm. we create our own. Yeah, we do. We when do. we don't have details, we create our own. We're like, okay, God, you didn't tell me. That what job to apply for. Right, right. You showed me I had another job. Right. But you didn't tell me what job to apply for. So I'm going to go quit my job tomorrow. Yeah. Or I'm going to apply for a whole bunch of jobs instead of waiting because maybe God wants you to apply for a specific job, but you just go cash in it everywhere. You know, in fear you're going to miss something. And see, that, and that, that is mm, like the, the, the greater part of what God does. So what God does is this. He's going to answer your prayer. Yeah. But you have to be specific in what you're praying, praying for. Otherwise, you'll get an answer that he never anointed. Uh, right? Tell me a little bit more about that. So they prayed for a kid. Mm-hmm. They got Ishmael. By way of the... By handmaid. way of their own details. Uh-huh. 
And then when later on, Abraham goes and asks God to anoint Ishmael. Right, right, right. And he's like, nah. Because I'm not going to anoint something. I ain't appoint you to. Yeah. And that's that, that's back to the details because they did it their own way. And when we do it our own way, we want it to be blessed. And that's not what he he assigned. You know, so that causes other issues. It causes other issues. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. one of the things I've, I've kind of like come to grab, come to grips with, and it, it sounds, it's going to sound minute, but it's the best way I can explain, especially because it's just us talking. Yeah. Your communication with God is like you going to a restaurant and he's telling you to order off of one menu. Right. That he's going to take care of that bill. Right. And you go get another menu and order. Right. Mm-hmm. So God sends you to root Chris. Like, yo, go get whatever you want. Yeah. Go to, go to root Chris. Get whatever you want. I got you. Yeah. 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 And you, the whole drive to root Chris, you looking at the menu online like, yo, I cannot afford anything on this gym. Right. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the Burger King that's in Rue Chris parking lot. I'm going to get the food and I'm going to call him and ask him to pay for it. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not paying for yeah, that. No, you got to eat that Burger King and it's not going to be as good. I got you one even better. What about the person who says, okay, I'll go to Ruth Chris God and then you go in there and they get like two pieces of iceberg lettuce because they're so scared that it's too much yeah, exactly. that they only get the ice water. <laughs> like, so that's what I'm saying. So and somebody else, they watch and eat a whole steak and, and some seafood and they could have had steak and seafood, but they chose to only drink the ice water because so they didn't know how to That brings it. us to where Sarah was at. Yeah. So Sarah yeah. lets him have Hagar, yeah. Hagar versus Ishmael, and now Sarah's mad. Yeah, you yeah. know Sarah's like, nah, you gotta do something about Hagar now because she out of control. Yeah, I mean Hagar was out of control. She was, and she he was like, popping off a little bit. That's like, a whole other story. Yeah, all right, we'll, day. we'll deal with Hagar another day. <laughs> but I'm saying, but, but what I'm saying is that now she's upset because the choice that she made, yes, didn't result, didn't grant her the result that God had promised. Right. But God is not asking you to be in charge of the outcome right you know what i'm saying he's like i need you to be obedient to what i assigned to you and because of their obedience yes they got isaac right but it was only after they got obedience and they had to go through the change of what we all had to go through in our span of obedience is identity revelation okay right so before we get to identity revelation that's what obedience leads you to Mm -hmm. obedience really isn't ever leading you to to a specific destination it's it's leading you to revelation of who you really are okay right so before you know who you really are you are going by identifying marks you're the funny kid you're the smart kid you're the kid that messed up Mm -hmm. you know you're the kid that stayed in trouble yeah you're the loud one you're the quiet one and so you go through life and you get all these let's call them tattoos you get all these tattoos of identifying marks and then you start relating to what the tattoos say marks right right and then you have an encounter with god and god is like i need you to go here because when you get there i'm going to show you who you really are right abram went and found out he was abraham gotcha gotcha and once he found out he was abraham once he found out who he was everything he knew changed and everything and how he saw the world change like identity revelation leads to perspective change mm-hmm. right so it's like if i steal your identity online i can buy some stuff but i can't get in no place where i don't look like you yeah very true 
right? Nope. I can go buy some stuff on your credit card, but you can call and be like, yo, I ain't buying none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but should cut that off. But what but I you can't, can't go to my family cookout. I can't go to your job. Like, yeah, because it's not me. If I show up to your job, like, hey, I'm LaCour, they're like, yo, you uh, a full grown man, dog. Yeah, no. Right? And so that's what God is saying. God is saying that your obedience is going to get you to an identity revelation that's going to get you access to some things that you wouldn't have had before obedience. And so when he's asking you to be obedient, every time when you start looking at scriptures, every time he asks somebody for obedience, he also reveals to them who they are. Whether it's Abraham, later on he does the same thing to Moses. Neither one, he does the same thing to Gideon. Yeah. Every time he's like, hey, I need you to go. But before you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is who you are. Yeah. Like, we're trying to go places because we want details of who we are, but only obedience can reveal that to you. Otherwise, you don't have any revelation. Yeah. You're still getting identif- identifying marks. You're still not in your life experience. Say who you are. And that is like the most mind-blowing thing. Like when I kind of sat down one day and was like, my life experience has made me say who I am and who I always say I am is always minus God. Right? When somebody says, who are you? You're like, I'm an introvert. I'm an extrovert. You know, like I'm an empath. I'm a light bringer. You know, whatever it is you want to say that you are. How many times do people be like, who are you? And you be like, yo, I'm a child of God. Right. Right. And we 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 don't because most of us feel like that's the most like shameful thing mm-hmm. that we can be. We're comfortable. Um, we were talking about this in our men's group one time. It's like we're comfortable being superheroes in the superhero headquarters. Uh-huh. But outside the headquarters, we're Clark Kent. We're yeah. Bruce Wayne. Right. You know, gotcha. but in the headquarters, we don't have one in it. That's, you know, we just jump in the headquarters like, yo, Superman in the building. You know, and I, w- I would even venture, I would challenge to say that, you know, we are afraid. We're not even afraid, but we're reluctant to put child of God at the top of our list because we don't even recognize the power in that. I think that individuals literally, like there's a, like you just said with the superhero thing, you know, as a mom, when you say I'm a mom, I'm a single mom, people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm a big entrepreneur. Oh, wow. But until we tap into just how powerful it is to truly be children of God, it doesn't hold the same weight. So I'm, I'm a child of God, but it's at the bottom of the list compared to all these things I am, you know, and I think that's living, you know. Well, that's how, that's how Jesus sprinkles. Or Jesus, what? That's how Jesus sprinkles, right? Jesus sprinkles? So, yeah, so we had this bowl of ice cream of all these things we are. Like, I'm, uh-huh. a, I'm, like I'm a college graduate. I'm a hard worker. I'm yeah. a single mom. I'm a single dad. I'm all these, and that's all our scoops of ice cream. Uh-huh. And then we were like. And a little God. And a little God. And we put some sprinkles <laughs> on top. Wow. Right? But we always eat the sprinkles first. Right. And so, like, what I think it is, is that the reason why we don't put child of God up there is because of the expectation that we have put on ourselves that you can make no mistakes. There you go. So, if I put single mom up there and I fail at something, people are going to support me. Yeah. They're going to be like, you know what? Let's see what we can do. Because she's trying to do it all by herself. And she's so strong. And they're going to hug and cuddle us. If you say child of God and then somebody get on your nerves at work and you be like you boo 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 
Yeah. And I'm like, that's she's why I don't go to, to church. Yeah, she's supposed to be. That's a whole nother, uh, right? That's a whole nother conversation it is, right but there. But oh the way gosh. it ties into this is that Abraham made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Him and Sarah made a mistake. Right. They chose Ishmael. Mm-hmm. And guess what? God was like, it's okay. You messed up and it's all good. I'm going to give you Isaac. Right. I'm going to still give you what I promised to you. So it's like God has promises for you mm-hmm. that are attached to you being comfortable in your identity. That obedience gets you to. Right. And then once you get there, once you get your identity, that doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect. Right. What it means is that you perfectly understand who you are and who you belong to. And that's way more important than being perfect. At something. Right, right, right. Way more. Because if you understand who you are, like you, our kids understand who they are. Right, They're like, right. yo... Hey, I know my parents got me. Mm-hmm. So they go out there and they fail. <laughs> they fail freely. You know what I'm saying? They're like, yo. Because that promise still stands. Exactly. They, they know even if they fail, they can come back and be like, like what you want? Hey, I failed. And you're going to be like, oh, yep, yep. you know what? Come on in here. I got you. I still love right, you. Right, 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 right. And so I think that when God shows us obedience and he gives us examples of it, we take obedience and we look at it as our lives are over. Instead of looking at obedience as our lives are just beginning. Just beginning. Right? It's like no different than when you leave here, you get in your car and you say, hey, I'm going to Potomac Mills. Mm-hmm. The journey begins when you pull out the driveway. Right, 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 right. And even if you get rerouted over traffic or incidents happen or anything happens along the way, it's always just beginning. You're going to get around all that and that GPS right. is going to find you and be like, hey, you took a left when you should have took a right, but reroute you sounds a lot like god too that's exactly how yeah. god does yeah we don't need details as much as we need to get over the fear of we lost something and being obedient yeah we feel like we lost something we feel like we gave up will but god's will is that you lovingly want to do his will right right, right. and I, I think we do give up will Right. I mean, we have freedom of choice, but when you choose to let God to allow God to be in his rightful place over your life, you give up, you submit under that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's a, that I think becoming OK with that, like killing the nature, the natural desire to try to run your own stuff. When you kill that, when you die to that and and die daily. So, like, don't make it so hard on yourself. (laughs) If I died today, then it it should last me 20 years. No, go ahead and just do it daily. Like, give yourself a little break, right? So that you can have those. Because it means if you got to die daily, that means you're going to have issues. You know what I'm saying? Daily. It's not going to be like once a month where you fall off. You have to die daily. Yeah. And so I think that I think and that that's one of the reasons why I think we have to have these conversations. I think yeah. so often like we get we get churched but not fellowship. Uh-huh. Right? So we get church, we get somebody telling us like the Bible says yeah, yeah. this, this, and then we're like, I'm none of that. Yeah. I'm none of that. Well, good. You know, we get told. Hell you go is what they say. Yeah, we get told that, okay, there's a ram in the bush. And I'm like, yeah, but for Abraham to get to the ram in the bush, he still had to be obedient to taking the thing that he wanted most. Yeah. Up to an altar, right? Right. And that's what God is asking us to do. He's asking us to take the thing that we think we want the most. Ooh, wait. 
up to an altar, right? Me and you listen to the guy. He said, yo, an altar is where you take things to die. Yeah. Right? So God is like, hey, I need you to take that ego, which for most of us yeah. it is. It's our ego, right? It's our ego, our life experience of everything that we've done that in our opinion, we did without God. No doubt. No doubt. Right? So if you act like... Whatever it is, we're like, man, I did all of this. And God is like, yeah, well, you ain't do all that without me. So I need you to take all that yeah. and bring it to the altar. Wow. And if you bring it to the altar, I'm going to exchange it for something on your way up there. And I'm going to let you keep all the accolades. But I ain't going to tell you all of that. I'm just telling you bring it to the altar. I'm going to let you keep Ooh. all of the accolades. You can keep all of that. But I got a, I got a ram over here. Yeah. That's going to take the place. Right. Of all that stuff that really mattered to you. Right. Right? Because Isaac mattered. Absolutely. The ram in the bush was God showing that his promise would be fulfilled. So guess what? Now the promise is way bigger than Isaac was. Because he's like, yeah, I believe enough that if I kill Isaac right now, you will raise him back up. And mm. this this is pre- right. <laughs> this is like pre-New Testament. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah this yeah. is Abraham who ain't seen yeah, none of that yeah, yet. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I will. I believe you'll raise him back up because you're, you promised me you would. Right. And that's what God is saying. God is like, I want you to bring all that stuff that you be like, mm. you you are like proud of, and lay it at my lay it at the altar. And not only are you be able to leave back right. with all that stuff because He doesn't want to take away your life experiences. Your life experiences are your testimony. But I want also want you That's to take good. with you the promise. That's good. That I want you to take with you, take back with you. Hey, you know what? I went through all that and God. And God. So I know that's different. I know a lot of times you hear but God. Yeah. But I look at it as and God still. Mm-hmm. Like my daughters could go break my favorite cup right now. Mm-hmm. And I'ma still love them. Right. And that's how God is. God is like, hey, I get it. You're, you're, you're living this human experience. I need those experiences to bring somebody just like you into fellowship. So if I erase all those experiences, how are we going to get them there? Yeah. So I need you to have that. And I need you to take my love with you. Because when, when people see my love on you, yeah, you know, uh, they always say what freedom looks good on you. Mm-hmm. God love look good on you. Yeah, it does. It does. God's love when you're wearing it. People like, all right, what's going on? Yeah. And and because we need life experience, the first thing they try to relate it to is logical human stuff. Okay, you got a new man. You got a new girl. Yeah, yeah. Is that new perfume? Is that new yeah. cologne? Oh, I see you got your hair cut. Got your hair cut. You got your hair girl. done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but when you can look at them be like, nah, that's just God's love. Yeah. People are taken aback. It's like, all right, time out. Yeah, no, I hear you. What do you mean God's love? And that's your testimony point. That's your point to be like, yeah, all of this happened. Boom. That's your end. And God loves me enough that I could wear that. Right. Because after that, after Abraham and Isaac, you see all these things that he did. And you're like, yo, God still loved this man who was telling people his wife was his sister? <laughs> Ah, really? Right. God still love him? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. You know, and we don't we don't look at it like that. A lot of times we're kind of looking at 
figures from the Bible from the standpoint of they were flawless people and, and they weren't. Mm-hmm. They were just obedient people. And that obedience comes in different sizes. I'm not saying Imperfect like... Perfect and obedient. Yeah. I'm not saying tomorrow you got to like, you know, yeah. you got to go float no across doubt. the sea. God usually asks you to be obedient in small increments. Right. So for those... Um, so if you were going to give some nuggets for the people who are listening to this message and they're like, okay, so... For me to be obedient, what can how do how do I go about that, or what are the things that you want to highlight for them to know? So, I would say this: I would say, find some time uh-huh. and sit with God. Okay, so it takes time. Yeah, time, find some time in which you are spending with God, Just spend with God. and time in which to get to the destination. And time, yeah, and don't 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 think that you got to get it tomorrow yeah and that's not to say that god isn't a god of miracles and tomorrow morning you might wake up and it's all good right 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 what it is to say though is that from your behalf i don't believe there's anybody that god hasn't spoke to and it might not be an audible Mm -hmm. you know clouds roll back anything like that it's probably just uh, as they uh, I want to say Moses said it was like a small whispering still small mm-hmm. voice mm-hmm. you probably got like a still small voice inside you that's yeah. saying to you to do something that in your logical brain is an impossibility right sit with it okay so time to know God and, 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 and spend time with him and time to get to your destination anything else and then just cover it all in grace alright alright cover it all in grace Take some time, give yourself some time. Take some time, give yourself some time, and know it takes time. And cover it all in grace. Pour some grace on it. <laughs> Pour some grace on it. I take time with a little bit of grace. <laughs> like, but uh, we're going we gonna to end book one there. You have book anything? One. No. You have anything no. for the people? I don't have anything for the people except for, again, just to thank you for allowing me to come hang out with you. Um, and I look forward to, you know, any other conversations that might include little old me. All right. So how can the people find you on social media? Oh, my gosh. You so you can find me on social media, um, Conversations with Cora on IG. I'm also Conversations with Cora on Facebook. And I have a Conversations with Cora all spelled out at gmail.com where you can actually send me comments, questions, thoughts, um, and on my platforms, we also do the same kind of communication. And so we'll talk back to you uh, based on what, what you leave for me. All right. So you got that. Make sure you follow and, yeah, yeah, and get yeah, involved yeah. in the conversations over there. As always, I'm George. This is No Ceilings All Sky. <laughs> the conversations on Facebook, Instagram, No Ceilings All Sky. Make oh, sure Scott, you follow baby. us. Uh, join the conversation. Yeah. As always, it's not a conversation of it's just one person. And stay tuned. We're going to come back with some uh, conversations for you to drive to. Ooh. Some things to kind of make your travel a little bit easier. So We love y'all. Love y'all. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Yeah, be peace. good. Be good.